another episode of the Behind the You podcast, joined by another student athlete who excels in her sport. So pleased to uh, have Alexa Knoll from the women's tennis team here of, of the Miami Hurricanes on the Behind the You podcast. She's doing this from her home in New Jersey over Christmas break. I am honored. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. I guess at this that time, now you go home and there's, you know, it's just time to not a lot to do. Wind down and chill and do some podcasts. Exactly. Why not? Yeah. Plus, well, you told me it was really cold outside. You're from New Jersey. So <laughs> I guess if you were living, you were living in California or South Florida, you'd probably wouldn't have as much time to uh, nestle down and do a 30 minute podcast. <laughs> no, I'm happy to be here. Alexa, a couple different things. We'll obviously talk about the University of Miami. We'll talk about your journey collegiately. But I actually wanted to start on your journey at the youth level because you were one of the more decorated junior tennis players to play here for the University of Miami. And during my research, you've actually played on all four major championship courts. Yeah, yeah, I I got to do that. So which one was the best? Uh, I'm biased. I'm biased towards Wimbledon for sure, <laughs> but Bi bias because of your success there or bias because of the tournament, because of my success, it's tough not to give credit to us open too. So yeah, I, I was going to say, cause you are now we were talking off air. You're in Jersey. Now you said right. at one point you lived in Toronto. Were you kind of born and primarily raised in New Jersey? No, I was born in Phoenix actually. Oh Jesus. And then, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of a nomad been everywhere. But uh, I was born in Phoenix, then we moved to Toronto, and then we moved to Jersey when I had like just turned nine, I think. So I, I guess I've pretty much had most of my life here. I got you. I was going to ask, for someone who's spent a majority of their time, I guess, in New Jersey, I imagine playing at the U.S. Open's got to be special. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. It, New York City's like 20, 30 miles outside of my house, so it's it's right there, and it's it's just great. All right, so... Wimbledon was the best because you did the best. Then we'll get into that. But of those four, mm -hmm. which one did you play in first? I played qualies of junior U.S. Open first, but I Australia was my first main draw one. Okay, so you play in Australia. So I just want to know, even if it wasn't the best, because Wimbledon was the best and U.S. Open was close to the home, when you first walked onto that court, that stage where so many amazing tennis players have played, what went through your head? It was awesome, and I I don't say I like Wimbledon or U.S. Open more because I don't like the other ones. I just like those more. But um, I don't really remember how I felt, honestly. Okay, so how any of the four, when you walked in, did you, like, look around and were like, this is where they've all played? I was definitely a little bit starstruck, to say the least. I mean, it, I can't even put it into words. It was incredible, and I'll always look back and be like, oh, my God, like, that was just insane. <laughs> And did you get to center court of all four? I didn't. Uh, the closest I got to center court was court one at Wimbledon, which is like their next biggest stadium. That's where the junior finals were? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you were close. I was pretty close. I didn't get center court showtime because uh, Serena and Halep were playing their final at the same time as me. So. Uh, well, so we got goals. We got things to still accomplish. Yeah, for sure. I think you made, uh, you played at the U.S. Open and Wimbledon and made it to the finals the same year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I played all four in the same year. All right, so when you get to Wimbledon, you get to the final. So let's just start here. How competitive are you? Very. <laughs> okay, all right, good. Sets me up for the grand finale here. So you make it to the finals of the junior Wimbledon and you wanted to win how badly? Uh, So badly. <laughs> so bad they walked on the court and i saw that was the they didn't let us see the court beforehand because you're not allowed to play on it or anything 
So that was the first time I had seen like the actual size of the stadium. And I was like almost in tears walking to my bench before the match started. And then I choked and I lost. <laughs> well, I don't say you choked. No, I mean, I, that, well, did you choke? Did you oh, choke? Did you play bad? I you choked. choked. Okay, choked. All right, you choked. Fine. <laughs> I admit you, it. How bad? What, what was the what was the final? I lost four and three, but a couple years removed from it, I'm like, it was still awesome. So when Alexa is competitively upset, what does she like to be around? Probably a nightmare. I could imagine. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Like, am I, am I in the heat of the moment? Like, how about this? What's the most upset you've been after a loss? Oh, Wimbledon hands down. That was it. I, I think so. Just because I felt like I was like almost there and I had it and then I didn't have it, you know, and yeah. it was for such a huge title that I was like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. What if you win junior Wimbledon? And I didn't, and it was, it was heartbreaking, but now I look at it a little bit differently. Like I was saying, like now it's like, at least you're there, you know? Yeah, that's cool. good. So you're still cool about in the, in the bio, which doesn't always mean it's the truth. You're like one of your best memories was raising the plate in the Royal box. Oh, so that's, that... that's definitely true. Okay. So for junior Wimbledon tennis, how many were in the stands? The whole, it was packed. It was, it was almost, packed. It was almost full. Yeah. But what, well, Wimbledon, the reason I like it so much is because the fans that go out to watch the real thing, like actually care about what's going on on the side courts. So most of my matches, I like, we all kind of had a huge turnout. So this would be an insanely stupid question, but I think you just answered it. It happened simultaneously with the tournament. Uh, leading up to the semis. Yes. Just because there were so many people around the grounds. But then when I got into the semis and the finals, no, like you have to have a ticket. I have to like designate you to the box or whatever it is. So the final, no, people were just like, this is really cool. And that's what I appreciate about it. Like, oh, they no, but I meant like, does the junior tournament run at the same time as the, yeah, yeah. it runs at the same time. It so runs... you're there. Are you crossing paths with the professionals? Or at least... Oh yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Who's the tennis player you look up to the most or did look up to the most? I don't know. I mean, I never really had like a tennis idol. I, I love Serena, of course, but I don't. Were you upset when she retired? Uh, I was because I was just like, wow, it's really over. Oh, so it's, it's, someone else needs to have some shine, right? I mean, we need to, someone else needs to get out there and, and have some time. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! So what is it like to raise the plate? No, I met, did you have any visions of like what happens when you're watching that event on TV and they do that? Like, are you like, this is me kind of weird. Like, could you step outside yourself and be like, wait, I'm doing what others have done. Now maybe I can, but in the moment, no, it was crazy because we were on center court and uh, center center court, center center court. And the box looks above center court and they just finished the men's doubles final. They did the men's doubles final first and then they did us. And I just remember like walking through the box, going up to the front and I'm with like the Duke of Kent, like next to me. And he's like, what are you doing? Like raise the trophy above your head. And I was just. Oh, you got coached up by the Duke. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? But yeah, that's the highlight of my life. 
for the juniors or the amateurs? Does everyone wear white too? Yeah, you have to. I gotcha. Uh, the year before, actually, I had clothes, but they're they're extremely strict. So on the inside, there was this like blue lining that you could see through the shirt, and Wimbledon didn't approve of it. So they had to resend all the players new clothes that were completely white. I gotcha. What's the fare over there? It's like strawberries and cream and <laughs> tea and all that stuff. Are you yeah, like crump, was... crumpets. Is that your thing or? It's not my thing, but I, I went with it. <laughs> now, how long is that tournament? You're not you're not there for a full two weeks, are you? You are because the warm up is the week before. I so you're you. really there for like two and a half, three weeks. Holy crap. Yeah. I would not be a professional tennis interviewer if I didn't ask. What is what is your preferred tennis playing surface? Are you a are you clay? Are we grass? Are we hard court? What are we? I'm a clay quarter. You're a clay quarter. So, so about the French, right? The French. Yeah, that was that tournament was tough for me. I had a really great week the week before at the warm up. I had won uh, the grade A and then uh, I just did terrible at French Open, but it's all good. At least you're honest. We remember the good stuff around here. <laughs> all right. So uh, in all seriousness, I know tennis, but I don't know it enough to do it off the back of my hand. I literally lost track of the amount of events you played in as an amateur. I mean, you've been everywhere. You've played in every event. You've played in events I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. I guess I want to know is, it seems like you were almost playing professionally as an amateur. Yeah, that's definitely what it feels like. How do you keep up with like that? Did it ever feel overwhelming or were you into it? I was into it, but it's definitely stressful, especially for someone that's like 14, 15, 16, traveling the world. I mean, it's a lot, but... It's amazing. It's, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, it's just incredible. You get to experience so many different things, different cultures, different people, different places, and the travel sucks. But at the end of the day, like I get to say, I played an Australian Open, you know? So the, the traveling is, it's all worth it. Yeah, but you also, well, I think you went to a cool place. This one got me. You also played in a tournament called the Banana Bowl. I did. <laughs> middle of Brazil, like... How'd you end up there? Just was seriously like middle of nowhere. Well, there. so I thought it was like a lower tier football bowl game uh, <laughs> called the banana bowl, but tennis tournament in Brazil. The and... tournament's legit actually. So there's like, is it? it? There's the South American swing. And I ended up there because the South, I like that. The South American yeah. swing. So I ended up there because there's three really high level tournaments back to back and all, like pretty much all the top juniors go. So how'd you stay in high school? Online. Ah, yeah, I yeah. gotcha. So you were online um, at whatever school you're supposed to go into or like a completely separate experience? No, I, I went to uh, I did this high school online called Laurel Springs, pretty much what everyone touring kind of uses. And I, I mean, I, I everyone in the States, at least um, everyone does that. Everyone who's playing tennis. Is that a tennis like a tennis? That's thing? A, I, I mean, I think it's a, I mean, I'm sure other sports do it, but. A lot of the girls that I traveled uh, that were traveling at the same time as me were all on uh, Laurel Springs. Got it. So, all right, walk me through. We start playing tennis when Alexa's a phenom when we start <laughs> taking it seriously when we fall in love with it when like g give me come on, give me the nitty gritty. I started when I was like five or six. I started in Canada, actually. Just a funny story. My mom joined to this like athletic club to like work out and use the gym and stuff and would put me in camp when she'd like work out and stuff and tennis was one of the activities and I was I guess I was just like this is it like I love tennis so I kind of did all the sports when I was young 
like a typical kid. And then I think probably around like 10 is when I figured out like tennis is it. This is what I want to do 100%. And that's when I started taking it seriously. And then uh, I played clay courts for the first time. And um, I think that's kind of when I realized like, hey, like you're not bad, you know, like keep going. This is awesome. This is fun. And uh, just never stop. <laughs> just never let it go. Make this the day your life changes. The all new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. So I've, I got two boys and um, they play sports. Not they they're not Alexa Noel, but they don't suck either. Right. So we're in this weird space of not sucking and like, who knows what they'll end up being. But when did someone approach you or your parents about, hey, let's have a talk or I'd like her to join our club or join our. Right. Because that conversation has to happen at some point when it sort of ups the ante from just Alexa's going to take tennis lessons to Alexa. Like she's pretty good and we want her to be a part of this organization. That was uh, at 12's clay courts when I was 10. These two people named uh, Richard. See, that's pretty good by me, right? I picked, you know, I figured yeah, it no, out. Yeah, that was good. Good question. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. <laughs> these two people named Richard Ashby and Kathy Rinaldi uh, came up to my mom. And they were both part of USC at that time. Kathy still is. She, I actually don't know if she's, she was a Fed Cup captain for years. I think she might still be. And yeah, those were the two people that were like, hey. You know, maybe you should do this. And so what so what happens next? So you that tournament's where? That was in it was in the polo club in Boca. Oh nice. You were just down here playing in a tournament. Well, Clay Courts is like uh or maybe the second biggest national for you know, twelves, fourteen, sixteens, and eighteens. And I was ten, I was playing the twelves. So how'd you do? Uh quartered. Yeah. So someone sees you, someone thinks you got some talent. So the USTA, those two people, this is me doing my super nerdly podcast stuff. So those two people are part of like the the big organization and want to kind of bring you, do they have some sort of uh, feeder program they want to bring you into? Well, at the time, I can't speak for it now, but at the time they were part of uh, USTA player development and coach Richard was a scout. So he was there and I guess Kathy went with him looking at- um, They were eyeing you. You know, the top whatever- prospects of the 12s and and here's little 10 year old alexa kicking <laughs> everyone's butt grinding on the clay yeah they have this conversation with you and your family or your family and you i guess and what happens next you you guys say i say yes you agree you don't agree like what happens after that they talked to my mom this was years and years ago but um oh so what happened with them what happens with your tennis career i was probably at 12 you don't have a career so what happens with you inside the sport after that what happened to me? Yeah, like so you come back to Jersey and what? Like you're you moved to a different. Oh well, you know I guess it was kinda, so. USTA they kind of like they bring you into camps and they bring you to campus and you train with them for a couple weeks at a time or you go for like three days for like a match play camp. And where's that? That I, that was in Boca. Uh, USTA used to share campus with. Everett Tennis Academy. Then they relocated to Orlando, I want to say 2016. So when I was 12, that was in Boca. If you're saying it's they bring you down for a couple of weeks, so you're going back and forth? 
So it it wasn't like all the time. It was like a couple times a year. Right. I'm saying a couple times a year, you fly down to Boca. Yeah, you fly down, you stay for like a week or two, and then you fly back and you do your own thing. It was just like them kind of like introducing you to like serious training or like other players and like that kind of thing. I got you. And then back home, you're doing what? Are you just, you found a coach, you found a group, like you're in an organization. Like I'm sure you're playing in tournaments on your own too, right? Like, yeah, I was playing in tournaments. Um, when I was when I was that young, I was still playing locally, and then uh, I would train. I still actually hit there when I'm home at uh, this place called Center Court, which is like ten minutes away from my house. So I was doing that, and then when I turned thirteen, fourteen is when I moved out and I left home. So when you went where? I I was at um, the Junior Tennis Champion Center in College Park, Maryland for a year and that was really hard on me because I was so young and living with like a host family I was just like little you know it's like this kind of like sucks (laughs) and what are you doing are you are you going to school and playing tennis or just playing tennis started homeschooling or homeschooling online actually you're the first seventh grade dropout in the history of the world (laughs) (laughs) yeah I started um doing online when I went into eighth grade I got you. Did you leave there after a year? I did. I left um, not because I didn't like it. I just couldn't live away from home. Right. So I came back for a little bit and then uh, I moved to Florida. They shipped you off again. Yep. They come with you or no? They did not. No. My parents have lived in Jersey for the last like 11 years. So is that at that point at 13, 14 or whatever you're 14, 15, 13, 14. Is that when you start? When do you start playing in all these tournaments overseas, internationally, nationally? I started ITFs when I was 13, just because that's when uh, you're allowed to start. It's 13 through 18. I started like really traveling, traveling when I was 14. When you first enter this scene, uh, this the tour, whatever they want to call it, you're on this mm-hmm. path. Are you intimidated, comfortable, confident, having early success, early failure? Like, I mean, that's a bit, I mean, yeah, we're really good, but. We're also playing, I'm sure you're playing with some pretty talented folks as well. Right. Um, well, they they have different levels. So you start at grade fives and then you go to four and three and two and one and, and then A. Um, so I started out pretty well, just at like a very low level, like the grade fives and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, like this is great. You know, like still winning some tournaments, like keep it going. And then I kind of got stuck around I was ranked like 170 and I was just kind of stuck like I couldn't move up and I was having a tough time like breaking past round three of grade ones so I was just kind of like in this limbo phase and then um I took a couple months off and like just trained really hard and I went to Mexico and I had like incredible success I won uh, two tournaments back to back and that moved my ranking from 170 to 20 in a matter of two weeks. Big jump. That was the Mexican swing. That was, that was the Mexican swing. That was, that was the one that really like changed my. So then are you like top 20 the rest of the way? Yeah. Kicking, kicking butt. Just, I was, I think I just had this like newfound confidence where I was like, Oh, like you can do this, you know, you belong. And then what is uh, obviously that Wimbledon junior final moment is big, but leading up to that other big moments, tournaments that you won uh, or did well at that really kind of continued to crystallize what you were going for or going. Those two, 
those two Mexico tournaments were just like the highlight of I I'm, sometimes I even say I love that more than I love Wimbledon just because I like really found out like who I was as a player and like I was like oh my god like you you can do it you know like and there's no turning back after that right there's no turning right, back. it's like this isn't fake anymore you know and then um I did really well at a tournament in Belgium it was a grade one before French Open I did really well in Brazil and I did really really well in Italy um I played uh, a grade a in Milan and that was also another tournament where I just like I think about it now and I was like wow I also like sprained the sprained the hell out of my wrist right before that tournament so I was playing with only my right arm and hitting slices and just competed and I got it done so that one's really special to me as well this is the part I'm legitimately infatuated with all athletes that have come on the podcast. I ask them the, this question because I, I want people to understand it because it doesn't happen by accident. Right. Obviously, you have some degree of talent, uh, a lot of it, but you've had to also put a lot of time and work into um, cultivate that. Right. And continue to do that at the level you're at. The reason why I ask this question is because I want people to appreciate how much work you've put in. So when you went to sort of online schooling and went to, went to homeschooling so you could really focus on your tennis career, what was a day like for you or what was a week like for you in terms of the amount of training you were doing to commit yourself to being the best you could be? Two hours of practice in the morning, an hour of fitness in between, and then two hours again in the afternoon. So five hours a day? Of training, yeah. And then we got to do homework. And then school would be before or after. Yeah. You just kind of find a way. You ever like, dude, dude I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It was hard to balance, but at the same time, I was just like, loved it. Laser focus, like, laser focus. I was like, here I am in, <laughs> uh, in Paris or in London. Like, what can you complain about? You know? I'd also be like, hey, teach. Um, I'm playing in Wimbledon. I'm not going to be able to get that homework done. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my royal plate. Uh, like, that's you got a doctor. Is, yeah. is this an excused absence? Yeah, here's the royal plate, teach. Accept it as my PE, please. Correct. Extracurricular <laughs> activities. <laughs> so, was there a choice when when high school was done? You're graduating online, etc. Was there a choice to make in terms of going to college or playing pro? I actually wasn't going to school at all, and um, I planned to take 2020 to start playing pro events. The beginning of 2020, I had a pretty hot start. I won a 15 and then I semied the following week. And then um, COVID happened. That thing called COVID. Yeah, it happened and there was no escaping it. They shut everything down. So everything stopped obviously. And maybe June, July and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, there's nothing to do, you know? I want to keep playing tennis. What should I do? And I was like, school. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. When did the tour uh, reboot in terms of COVID? Honestly, not really until like January, February of last year. Really? Yeah. It took a while. I mean, they played a couple, like, they would play a few here and there, but they're in like Tunisia or Turkey or like somewhere just extremely far away. And to go there for one week at a time is just, it's ridiculous. It's too much. I gotcha. And yeah. so we end up at Iowa, coming full circle. How do we, how do we get there? So <laughs> when I decided I was going to go to school, I was like, where am I going to go? It's so last minute. I mean, I committed in 
July. School started in August. So uh, both my parents are from Iowa. My mom went to Iowa and I was like, why not? Like, let's go. That's kind of the kind of short story. Okay, that's the short story. Now, how many tennis players at your level from from your juniors, right, that are playing in all those tournaments? How, what's the what percentage would you say pursue a professional career or go to college? That's hard. That's a hard answer. Um, the reason why I asked it is I would imagine since you had accomplished what you would accomplish that a lot of schools would be trying to secure your services that come attend their university and play tennis. Well, I was going pro. But when you come on the open market, I'm imagining people would still try to do what they can, or there's, there's just limited spots and that's it. I just, I didn't tell anyone. I got you. Yeah. So no one knew. And I was just kind of like throwing everything together. Like, oh my God, what's happening? And I was just like, Iowa. And that was it. I didn't talk to anyone else. I didn't, nothing. Like I, I reached out to Iowa and that was it. Just because your parents had gone there. Because my parents had gone there. I, I knew nothing about the program. I knew nothing about college tennis. I was going to ask you, did you know, I was going to ask, did you know anything about the college tennis scene? Nothing. Zero. Nothing. That explains how you crushed it there and won just about every award humanly possible. <laughs> so when you first get there and you show up and you go out to practice, you're like, oh my God, I'm a lot better. No. Well, okay. no. Wait, well, okay, well, well, let me, let me preface that by saying big 10 player of the year as a freshman, freshman of the year, first team, all big 10, you came in as a freshman and dominated your school and your league. Uh, you were not you were not supposed to be there. I just didn't think of it that way. Like when I first got there, it was just all really new to me. I hadn't had like a normal like social life where my friends live like two blocks away from me. Like I I didn't have like that team atmosphere. Like everything Maybe in that way was it kind of neat. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. And I was like, this is really cool. Like I have like my best friends that I get to see every single day, like live in the apartment next to me or like in my complex. I can go out and no one's watching me. <laughs> it was awesome. Why did you leave? I just felt like I wanted better for myself. Ah, I was right. I was right. In terms of tennis, but I'm not going to like, I, I love Iowa. I still love them. I'll never talk poorly about them or that program. But uh, I just wanted to be a part of a program that like, had an opportunity to win like a national championship. I got you. Period. I got you. Yeah. So how does it come to be that you're here? I kind of knew. <laughs> I kind of felt what? it. Honestly, like I kind of decided to get in the transfer portal, but I had my sights set on really one thing. And before I had even talked to anyone at Miami, I just knew. And now, okay. You said you knew nothing about college tennis, but since you had spent time here, I spend time in the college tennis world and like getting to know everything and talking to other people about different programs or different coaches. I kind of figured it out and I love Florida. I lived there for three, four years before um, I went to school. So it was all just really familiar for me. Uh, my coach is still down there. So I was like, what could go wrong? And then I'd heard a lot about Paige. I met Alex. When I was younger, I just like kind of knew, like, you you know, you just get this gut feeling and you're like, go with it. Like, don't sell yourself short. So you put your name in the portal and who calls first? Me. You called Miami. I waited a while. Um, I don't know. I, I've tried to ask like why we didn't, we didn't talk before I emailed, but that doesn't matter. So um, no, I, I emailed Paige. You emailed Paige. And how quickly did she get back to you? Uh... 
at that point, she must know who you are, right? Yeah. Same day, a couple hours, maybe. So that fall of 21 and you stay in Iowa in the spring? Yeah, but I, I was injured and I had surgery. Gotcha. So when does it come to be? Like, hey, Paige calls, reaches back out. You guys have your conversations, the place you want to be. She's interested. Let's make it happen. We talked for like months, like a month and a half. Um, like I said, I didn't want to rush the decision. And we just had like a ton of conversations before I was really like, all right, like, let's go. Uh, so I come in. Were you talking to other schools or no? Yes. Yeah. Just because I wanted to. It's allowed. It's allowed. Don't worry I wanted to it. keep okay. my options open, obviously. Um, and I uh, committed mid-January. Of 22? Yep, of this year. Gotcha. Stayed up there for a semester? Yep, I stayed. Um, I had surgery in mid-January as well. So I just stayed into my rehab and tried to get back. Came in. on down. Yeah, I finished my semester. What you know of Paige? Pretty accomplished tennis coach in the collegiate space. And then what you think of her after you had multiple chances to talk with her? Yeah, I mean, I just, I knew just from like friends and stuff, like kind of like how she was or how she coached and her personality and her style. And then obviously I knew that she, she's coached multiple national champions, <laughs> national champions. And that's what I want to be. That's what I want to do. So you were aware of that? Oh yeah. I mean, of, of course, like you, as a player, like as an athlete making such a big decision, like you, you have to know what you're getting into. Gotcha. Right. And I knew she, she's done it. Like she's had the experience. She's been through those time she's had players maybe a little bit similar to me and to some degree so I felt like every time we spoke we were just kind of aligned and on the same page and uh have the same goals so it just I mean I think we both wanted it and it ended up being really great so you didn't visit campus I did, did I went on a I went on an official got it and we liked it yeah I mean it's Miami it's look the campus is gorgeous <laughs> Yeah. The only thing that gets in the way is the rain, but that's it. Not the weather. Well, rain. the weather, but not not cold, but just rain. And the parking. The parking's on online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got you, don't you have a um you must have some kind of I have a permit. I have a permit. Yeah. I have a, I have a gray permit. Where's that? Yeah. Where's that let you go? That gets you near the tennis center? Right up front. Yeah, but there's like <laughs> there's like four different gray lots. Right, but I'm saying the tennis center has 20 spots. Yeah. Right? Probably. Maybe. At most. Yeah, right at most. Well, we get there at 6.15 on some days, so sometimes no it's not problem. an issue. <laughs> no problem. Um, exactly. And has it been what you expected so far? It's, I guess it's only been a few months. Yeah, it's been great. I don't know what I expected. I think everyone's just kind of, like, ready for the season. I mean, that's the best part of it all. That's why we that's why we train like hell in the fall. So I think we're all just really pumped. So round the 32 as a freshman, right, at Iowa? Yeah, I broke my ankle in that match. What? Yeah, that's why that's why I had surgery. So how'd you break your ankle? So I won my first round, second round, I'm up six one, one zero, fifteen love. And I hit a drop shot. She like drop shot me back. So I run up to get it and she puts this ball like kind of cross court, like at a diagonal. So I'm running from the ad side at the net to the do side at the baseline. And I was sliding to stop and I went over the top of it and over the side of it and and that was it and i kept playing what and i fought really hard and i lost seven five in the third and then i woke up the next morning and i couldn't walk holy crap that's impressive it was intense i i probably should have stopped but i'm guessing but i'm competitive 
are we allowed to say your goal is to win the championship this year? Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, we can we can say that. Okay, good. All right, last thing. Um, I was going to ask this question a different way. So you know what? Don't make any assumptions. How would you compare Miami to your the last city you lived in? <laughs> it's really different. <laughs> uh, Iowa City is a college town. Just very different. And Miami is Miami. Just a ton of things to do. It's always warm. I like how it's always over 80 degrees. It's pretty nice. That works for you. Yeah. Uh, last thing, do we have clay courts on the in the collegiate scene? No, you know it's so weird. They had one tournament. They've had one tournament in the history of college tennis. The history in the history of college tennis on a clay court, and I finals. And then, at a finals, and I got to the finals, and then they stopped it. They moved it this year. It was in Charleston. Oh, okay. And that was that, so. The answer is no. So it's just hard surface. Yeah, it's all hard. It's all hard court. I got you. All right. Well, I think I'm out of questions, Alexa. Sounds good to me. Thanks for you good? me. Appreciate it. I only held you a little bit over your time. You have a good podcast voice, though. I do? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's the microphone. I don't know. No, it's my voice, not the <laughs> microphone. Thanks, Alexa. Enjoy the rest of your break. We'll see you in Miami. Yep. Thank you so much for everything. Bye. Have a good night. See ya. Bye. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. 